0: Well, good afternoon, Sarah Hepla. Good afternoon, Nancy Rommelman. Happy Memorial Day.
1: Oh, that's right. Happy Memorial Day. Yeah, actually, I'm, I'm funny, I went to church for the first time in a long time yesterday, and it was really wonderful, actually, and ran into my friend Liz Wolf there with her baby and got to hold the baby during the service, Catholic service, and... It was actually really wonderful. It was really, it was surprising and unexpected and um, and a beautiful day. to. Uh,
0: well, my understanding of this holiday is it's the day that we remember fallen soldiers <laughs> yeah. like Logan Roy, um, <laughs> uh, Kendall Roy, Roman Roy, and people that we have lost in battle. And, um
1: you know, to talk about that, we invited a very special guest and one of our favorite writers here, someone... Who, if possible, has been a little more obsessed with the show Succession, which had its finale last night, than we have been, and we would like to welcome Caitlin. Thank you so
2: much for having me. I would always accept an invitation to talk with you, ladies. But about Succession, now this is a twelve-hour-long episode, oh, right? Okay, I'm wearing my adult diaper. Absolutely.
0: <laughs> Caitlin, I have to tell you that I've been devastated mm-hmm. since the finale last night. And the only thing that I feel like is keeping me going is knowing Same. I was gonna get to talk to Same. you. Same. I'm it like, today. no
2: succession isn't over <laughs> until we sit Shiva at the podcast.
0: <laughs> okay. Um, By the way, if you don't know who Caitlin Flanagan is, I mean, I feel feel sorry sorry for for you. (laughs) But, you know, she is, you know, one of the great wits and writers of our time. She is currently a writer at The Atlantic. I was, you know, poking around on her Wikipedia page today and realized that she has the distinction of being both a finalist for a Pulitzer Prize for commentary in 2019 and the recipient of Bitch Magazine Awards um, Douchebag you know, of the Century let me tell you award. something. Let me give well, everyone a little tip.
2: <laughs> I was like, some magazine like eight years ago or something, you know, they want that little bio about you and you're so sick to death. And I was like, oh, do you think I could put this on? Bitch Magazine, Douchebag. And i like, what the hell? It was like <laughs> more magazine that doesn't exist. I think that's where it was. And then, of course, in the un- oh sardonic way of the internet, it gets put on. And the big thing I hated about that (laughs) is it was, I think, 1992 around the early 90s. And the reason I remember that is like, God damn it, eight more years and I could have been douchebag of the century. You know, it's like being playmate of the month, but not the year.
1: (laughs)
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, You almost made it. Anyways, but um, I am douchebag, douche of Smoke the year, 1992,
2: <laughs> and I
1: am very glad to be with you. So, who wants to talk about? Who wants to start talking about why they were devastated? Um, why, don't, why don't we let our guests go first, you Caitlin, know,
0: want tell us finale? your experience of the it, finale? It wasn't
2: a devastation; it was a satisfaction that this is the correct ending. Mm-hmm. I, not that I could have predicted it. But you had a sense that this is where these characters, this is correct. This is right. None of those three three could in any way end up on top. They all had to be devastated. And I had predicted like six weeks ago on Twitter that it was going to be Tom's. It, Tom was going to be the, who the show was all about, really. So I felt vindicated. I said it and on Twitter. You I'll find that? it on Twitter. And I'll what made you say it. that? I think it was like six weeks ago maybe four. I'll find it. Because it suddenly occurred to me, he's in a sense who the show is about in terms of corporate America. Like when he was said he was the last season that he was willing to go to jail. So Logan wouldn't have to for that. I was like, okay, that's an Mm -hmm. estimable. (laughs) It's just so to speak, that's a significant character trait. It's like, he's the guy who kissed the butts, buried the bodies, have handled that cruise line death situation. Um, he's nasty. He's obsequious. And then when he makes that turn, if he doesn't, I'm, you always say, if he doesn't get the, I mean, there's no justice, but um, that when he makes that turn mm-hmm. so subtly at the end of the episode where now he's the boss and everything is dropped, his sort of obsequious, his preening, his sort of trying to step closer to the most powerful person in the room. Mm-hmm. He's the most powerful person. And he's just very, he's just, you know, thank you. Thank you, he says to people. He's fully, he's not one of those people who was not, couldn't handle this new power. So the whole thing I felt was right. And each individual ending, particularly Shifts, I could never have predicted, but it felt oh inevitable
0: you know like oh of course which has been the way they've done this show all mm-hmm. along has been my experience is that I often don't know where it's going but when it goes there it sort of feels yes. you feel the sort of click that's of how the I right choi- choice choice
1: mm-hmm. it's a, it it's like math problems. Like it can, it could go this way, and it goes around a little, and then it goes where. It's like, okay, of course, yes. it could only end up that way. And in terms of Tom, I mean, yes. uh, Lucas Matson says to him right out when they're sitting, he's like, you know, I like to have what is it, that pain buffer, yes. or the person that could absorb the pain the for pain me. Fun. So, the pain.
0: The, what is it? Sponge.
1: Pain sponge, so I can be off going off and doing my do 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 like getting his fingers and things. And Tom's like, yeah, I can do that. I mean, that's what Tom has been doing the entire series, is being.
2: And it's like the the one you least suspect, and that he got like if you said like three episodes in season Mm -hmm. one, whom do you think is going to end up being the successor in a sense to Roy at this conglomerate? Nobody would say Tom. He's the one whose wife says on his wedding night that she's never going to be faithful to him. You know, at every single point, he's right. been humiliated and he just eats it and eats it and eats it. Yeah, that was stunning. That scene in the limo or the town he car, or whatever it, it, it is, just- when he is sitting there, it was like an Elizabethan painting or something. When he's sitting there and there's ship who had all these dreams of female power and running something. She's pregnant and she's married to an important CEO and that's who she is.
1: Well, that's, I mean, I think that was the the choice she had to make. When, when you know they're asking for her vote, yeah. what's it oh. going to be? She knows. If, if she if she gave the vote, it's just going to be more of the oh, same. It's going to be more of right. the same with these crazy brothers. There's no way it's going to be better. So her choice is like, okay, oh, or I can be married. You're right? I didn't to the think the guy of that in terms charged. of the vote.
2: <gasps> you're so right.
1: Right? She was. She was the person mm-hmm. at that moment. Who was making or the, the most, most rational decision, decision of was the three children? Well, the self-interested. others trying to make the most self-interested, self-interested yes.
2: choices, but they, she was way ahead of them, but Fine. simultaneously about to get relegated to the last thing on earth. She wanted to be a wife <laughs> and mother of a powerful man.
0: There have been a lot of clips floating around the internet today and one of them that I saw was her mother Caroline saying to her in one season, you know,
1: yes. I never oh, should have really? had children,
0: which is which mm-hmm. is a devastating thing yeah. to tell your daughter, right? And she says, "You made the right choice uh. to ship." Can I some say- people, some people just aren't meant to be a mother mm-hmm. and to see Shiv come full circle yes. to becoming yes. her mother at the to end. to being
2: just the appendage to the head of ATN, Royco, whatever the hell the ultimate parent of this mm-hmm. company is. <gasps> I need to go online and watch all those clips because you know, no line
0: is a throwaway line on that series. No, no. That's exactly right. Um, mm-hmm. Caitlin, your observation about Tom being the main character strikes me as so smart and, and also evidence, reminder again, of what a careful reader you are. But a similar, um, few, uh, like, passion took over the internet, but applied I to I didn't catch kind of up on Greg. Did you, did you notice like, that, that? When I read it, been,
2: I was like, ooh, and then I was like, no, <laughs> this chicken, there's no way, you can't have this no total way. buffoon, you know, who at- uh, but like the three siblings, the three main siblings. They all occur- like when you first see the series you're like, wow, these young people they really know something about business. I don't know anything about business. And then you're like, they're all raving idiots. They know nothing. They've never made one statement about a profit and loss, you know? That's the only thing I even know about business. They're raving idiots. And I was like, you can't have someone dumber than they are running it.
1: Well, also with your- their father said to not them, "He's like, I love you, but you're not serious people, and this is, you know, self-evidently true." But also, like, if you remember um, in the in the finale, you know, every time either um, Kendall. Or Roman is in a room. Oh yeah, that's a great decision. Let's yes. just do that. Let's just do that. I mean, it changes like, like every second. And then when Lucas Matson realizes that this phone, he walks into that room. Go 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 go! Get on those phones! Get on those phones! Like you can see, this is right. someone who is a grown up, or a right? Sociopathic as he might be, but this is how things get done. Those children. I mean, besides the fact that they're they're actually. Physically, do. you have, you have mm-hmm. siblings, sister, don't you, Caitlin? Sister. You have brothers, did you? Okay, no. When we were little, I mean, I actually physically wrestled mm-hmm. with my brother. Oh, yeah, didn't fight sometimes. Didn't sister my sister broke my nose. On and she's like my favorite hair. person in the world. <laughs> okay, Look, you actually physically <gasps> clamor. I don't know if you did that with with your brother, Sarah, because he was quite a bit older than you. <laughs> no, he would have gotten <laughs> in
0: trouble for that.
1: Right, but. Y- I went back and watched a a couple of the first episodes um, from season one. And there's a scene where Shiv and Roman are actually like wrestling on the floor, fighting each other. Mm -hmm. And then in the last, in the finale, you've got Roman and Kendall doing this. These are children. These are children. And so, yeah, none of them. But I will tell you why I thought I was seduced for a minute about Greg. And the possibility. First of all, he was such a yeah. kooky character when he came in. I thought, okay, why is this? Right. Why is this person here? And I thought, wow, isn't it going to be wild oh, if he okay. winds up in charge? And then, it, yes, it's like he's such a goofball, but yes. also his his grandfather, right, who was very powerful and who knew all the yes. Machiavellian things going on behind the scenes and other people taking themselves out of the picture. I thought,
2: uh-huh. I don't know, That's interesting. maybe he will.
1: But although the grandfather
2: loathes yeah, the corporations, so, like maybe it'd be the ultimate fu to the company. You're yeah, getting true. Greg. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know there was one moment in so season I, one. Ooh, who has someone? Li- oh, you live in the city. That's me. I we're do, right. and I live next door and to a fire uh, there? fire
1: department. Oh, good.
2: So I we're, live in we're, Dallas. Sort of scanning the country's reactions here. We are um, yes.
0: Yes. 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 You're in Los Angeles, correct?
2: Um, Right. Yeah. It's so good. Pastina. So there was this incredibly Mm -hmm. moving moment. I'm pretty sure it's in season one. And I had thought at that point, oh, that's the story of this show. Never paid it off, which is that at one point Roy gets so angry, he hits Roman and instantly Kendall stands up between them. And I'm like, okay, that's the core of this show. That Kendall is goofy and underselling and nasty mm. as he is. He's the one who protects these other two. No, not not so. Oh.
0: That's- so I thought that this show was going to be a little mm. bit like The Godfather in that it was going to tell the origin story of Kendall stepping into the role that he thought yes, was his from the first episode. That
2: to me who was watching and- it. Godfather 2 they compared it to.
0: Godfather. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that even though Kendall was so woefully unprepared in the first season and we watch him sort of make his strides and then, Mm -hmm. you know, kind of punch his own face that. That we had watched him sort of step up. There had been, you know, and, and there was a little bit of a drumbeat this season because he had the corporate yes, the yes, Living yes. Plus um, presentation mm-hmm. that went so well, and then he stepped up when Roman yes. fell apart at the funeral and gave a quite well, a stirring that speech, speech. I thought was and I terrifying.
2: thought you know I I thought it was like Nietzsche meets Ayn the, Rand meets it was just like the will to power building. Fountainhead on steroids. Like this is what we, you know, the vitality of building no matter who's ground down. And I wish I had something of that in me. And he has nothing of it in him. I thought all three of those kids eulogies just broke me. They were just incredible. But continue, sir, you're making an interesting point.
0: Well, and I want to get back to the funeral because mm-hmm. I know you had some thoughts about, um, cause you, you put them on Twitter about some of the lines mm-hmm. that were, that were really quite extraordinary. So I want to dwell on that a little bit later. But, but yes, um, uh, you know, he has a line in there where he says, you know, the, the sort of magnificent yes. brute force in my father. I some of it. To he some it to of it. Me. Yeah. 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 And yeah. And I thought, you know, this is, a transformation story about Kendall. Um, and so he's going to take it over. And then of course right. I had it very quite wrong. Um, I, you know, I think, I think one of the things I mistook about this show was I think of it oh, sure. as a comedy when it is it's in a fact tragedy a tragedy. That's ho-
2: that is, you know, it's a black comedy, I guess, as one would say, um, The line, some of those, every single episode, there is a line said in passing, somebody walking out, three people are talking at once and Roman will say something or so, And you just laugh so hard because it's just the most dark comment in a way. And yeah, I think it's both. I think it's definitely both. And what's better than that?
0: Well that's exactly right. I mean that's my yeah. sweet spot. I think that's all of our sweet spots. you know is the funny sad, but you know, but I mean formally, this show was always going to mm-hmm. knock you in the gut by the end. It was never going right. to have a happy ending, although it would be an interesting you know one of the interesting interpretations would be that Kendall was oh. saved right that that by losing oh, the right. one thing he thought he wanted. Right. He will save his soul. I don't think so. Um,
1: well, yeah.
0: it only I don't think so out, either.
1: It only turns out really. I mean, at least if we're going to take a cue from the last mm-hmm. little images. I mean, the last images of that show. I mean, first let's we've got go let's, throw just, them. let's just yep. go to the mm-hmm. back. I think you said it exactly right. The, the the back of the limo, the Elizabethan painting that is Tom. Very still. Now, you noticed, I mean, he's always been somewhat like of a, yes. almost like a still figure, um, but, you know, but but kind mm-hmm. of vibrating with all the kind of anxieties. Yeah. But he's hyper-vigilant, actually, mm-hmm. hyper-vigilant
0: he's, he calls himself, yeah.
1: He actually gets in that and yeah. he is relaxed. He relaxes it and he puts his hand out. Very relaxed.
2: That's the moment she, when she has
1: to. It's like
2: I, I, when that, Kate puts her that, hand out in Taming of I, the Shrew almost. It's like, am I going to join hands yeah. with this man who's good?
1: Yes, go on, sorry. But but you notice. She right, like it's really almost hovering. His hand. She like lays. It's, it's on top of it, but no. there's no, like, finger clasping. There's nothing. Like, it's it's just, like, Surrender. kind of laying there. But, like, very, so that – and they're, they are – no one is smiling in the back of that camera. But wait, I want to go back to that image. Roman, there's also this Roman. idea
2: – oh, sorry, sorry, you go. Okay.
1: You go. Oh, go, go. Oh, there's
2: no, also no, no, go, this go, 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 feeling go, go. that, you know, in that very episode, you know, she's always – it was kind of the change has come. She's under my thumb in a little bit because – yeah, and there was, even in the episode, yeah. she's like, yeah. oh, here she is yeah. pregnant. She's like, is there any way you might want to reconsider? And he's like,
1: mm, no. Yep. I, I don't, you know, he's like, I don't know. It, she, and he's got like tears in her his oh, eyes. Oh, he had tears and in so his eyes. I she didn't catch when she cuts okay. Back. But yeah, Okay. Yeah. And they, I mean, she mm-hmm. really was eating crow when right. she asked him that question. That was not, that was, you, you. I always felt that as a character, she has that inside of her. She can but she never, never let her vulnerability show. show because her, uh, it's her only protection against nope, her nope. father
2: treating her that way.
1: Yep. 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 All right. So then the other person, we leave, we leave Roman mm. on mm-hmm. a, um, he's in a bar have, by himself, not being recognized, having a martini. And then he smiles. I think of the three characters and then we, of course we cut over and we can talk about that to Kendall, you know, standing oh, at the Statue of I Liberty of way that, in though. the background and very blurry. <laughs> um, it seems to me that, and and who knows for how long and to what end, that Roman is the only one that at that moment feels that his okay. freedom has been bought. That's interesting. I
2: like that idea. Yeah, I think.
0: No. Because Jiv um, certainly hasn't. And yeah. I mean, I think it's a, ha- I think Roman gets the happiest ending of the three siblings. Yeah, he has yeah. the something closest to happiness. He has a little smile on his face looking at the martini. Um, as somebody with my own dark history of drinking, mm-hmm. I see that moment differently, you know, sure. because he is, Roman has always been the hedonist. Um, he's always been the, the sort of most willing to collapse into porn and and mm-hmm. and self pleasure and whatever and and I think his life his life will not be meaningful. I mean I think he will he will just drift away as mm-hmm. the sort of hedonic playboy yeah. that he was when we met him at the be- the show's beginning. Um I don't know that that's a tragedy necessarily. There are plenty of people that do especially men born into wealth that wind up in that in that, on that it just, lane.
1: Just becomes louche. Um yeah. With a lot, I mean, we, they don't address it, but, I mean, mm-hmm. lush with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And a lot, a lot of money. I mean, they, they, never did they ever do. talk about they, that? They There are lines the show, like, when somebody said,
2: like, to Kendall, they were there, and it was in this season, like, but don't you want to be rich? And he says, we're already rich. And I think there are a couple of lines where they yeah. allude to the fact that maybe each has some money in the more than billions. But it's sort of, that's why the, the funeral episode, to me, that was the greatest episode of the series. The only like yeah. sort of letdown I felt of the last episode was like, could they possibly top that? And I don't think they did dramatically top it. But what you realize, yeah. you know, their their uncle, first place, when the uncle gets up and they try to stop him and his first lines are, what kind of family doesn't let a man's brother speak at his funeral. And they look at each other and they realize you're the family. You can't blame all this on your stupid dad anymore. He's in the coffin over there. You're a bunch of, Mm -hmm. on the level of family, totally screwed up. He gives his speech. I wasn't a fan. I thought there was a lot of bathos in it. I didn't need to hear the kids going over in the hell of the ship and the sister dying of polio. But I realized dramatically, it was essential because that's what unsettles all three of them, that they cannot continue in any way. And I think that um, it's very clear in that scene, that sequence, it just was so clear, like, they don't really want power. They don't really want money. They don't really want prestige all their lives. They've wanted one thing, which is for their father to love them. And he doesn't love them. And it's that thing, you know, when you go to a funeral, whatever unfinished business with your parent, that still, even if you were an adult and they were a zillion years old, you maybe still thought there was going to be some resolution to this. This was going to be a story that had an ending where these questions were answered. And it's not. It's just the ending, period, paragraph, no more them. And that whole part of your psychology that was built up to deal with the power of your parents is useless now. And so I just thought these are, that was the sobbing with these three kids, you know, their mother's a and a complete bitch. And their father when ship. Oh my gosh, hers was the greatest. Mm -hmm. But when she tries to make it sound like a, a, a soft anecdote, an endearing anecdote, you know, we, we would play outside his door when he was working. And you thought it would be something like, I remember there was something about Obama once saying the little girls would go outside his office in, in the White House and he'd come out, you know, yes. he'd always come out and play with them. You thought there was going to be like, and then he'd come out with his, um, what do you call that? Like horse hound, horse tooth hound, that's kind of old fashioned candies from Scotland. And he'd give us each a candy and send us on our way. And it's like, And he'd roar at us. And you've never been so terrified as to have him roar at you. And you realize, she kind of realizes as she says it, that's not a happy thing from my childhood.
0: Yeah. And when
1: you're you're talking about um, people who, you know, have unfinished business mm -hmm. at someone's funeral with a family member and, you know, it it eats at them. And these people are doing mm -hmm. it in front of the entire world, in front of the most powerful people in the entire world who are mm-hmm. taking relish in the fact that they are yes. not, that they are crumbling. This is a very, the the level of anxiety that I yeah, feel I know. when watching this show, especially when Kendall yes. would get up to do anything, any sort of speech yes. he had to make, I was like, Oh my God, Oh my God, what's it going to be? Is it going to be a good day or a bad day? You know, they're just yes. the pressure, the pressure that the mm. writing and the actors were able to infuse into this show is, yes. I've never seen anything like it. And n- n- yeah, mm. which uh, is why we're all here talking. And, about it. Yes, Join us uh, for the third hour that, that of Sarah and though.
2: Caitlin. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> this is the third okay, hour. Guys. This is my new career, y'all.
2: That's I'm that's done. Um, we're we're going to start okay, on guys. season one. They we're texting, we're, oh, text. we're the Cassian, and that never ends. If um, we know anything about theory. Yeah. <laughs> Yes.
0: <laughs> yes. Um, but it strikes me that Caitlin put her finger on what I think is the central tragedy of the show. Um, speaking of its tragic elements, you know, that it is about three children mm-hmm. that want their father to love them and that their father is really yeah. incapable of love. And mm-hmm. that's just it's a, it's done. You know, it's, 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 it's a mm-hmm. story that's never going to change. Um, but we're going to watch all the you know, striving and uh, collateral damage and drama and the, the joy and the pain that comes out of their, they're trying to mm-hmm. make that fate different. Um, you know, uh, Kendall had a line in his speech at the funeral that immediately struck me as something, as something Nancy had said because Can- Kendall describes his father as someone who walked through the world. Yeah. You know, oh, he yes. He was comfortable wherever he went. You know, from the high, it's something like from the highest, you know, state houses oh, to the yes. lowest, whatever. And Nancy and I had been watching Succession together one day and Kendall came on the stage on, on the screen and she just said, uncomfortable. She just yes. she said, he, he, every time I see him, he's so uncomfortable. And I thought uncomfortable was mm-hmm. exactly the right word to describe his character and how, in contrast, it lay to his father.
2: I guess we've um, all known, and our listeners, that was we've all known one or two or more people, men usually, men, who are truly as comfortable in a hovel talking to somebody, you know. And then you'll see That's their right. picture in the grandest of settings. And they really, they never want to be in the hovel, but... They certainly, maybe from the life they came from, um, it's it's just that total ease. And I think it has, you know how so many working class Americans love Trump. And I'm not saying he has that ease, but <laughs> it's hard to have, imagine him having, he comes close. He comes close, though, doesn't he? comes doesn't close. He? It's not the big hearted ease, but it's the guy, it's the guy, you know, Real estate developer in New York, you're constantly with, you know, workers, you're, you know, talking to the union boss, you're going on site, you're talking to the guys that are, uh, you know, laying cement or whatever. And, and those guys apparently loved Trump. They just thought, oh, that's what a rich man's got like, and he's always personable to us. Yep.
0: Um, Michael Schulman uh, in the New Yorker had a really interesting piece on uh, Kendall Roy. He called him the "fail son." Wait, was this the uh, nasty kind of a piece neologism oh, about one word? Jeremy Strong. So, so Michael Schulman had written a profile of Jeremy Strong um, like a year or two ago that was quite that was controversial. Yeah, and this is not this is not that. And I actually okay, haven't read that. Okay, that's homework
2: for. Episode um, 27 of the current season yeah. of We Break Down Succession. <laughs> we read it.
0: <laughs> yeah. we, we break exactly, down the critical exactly reception the to reception. <laughs> um, Yeah, Reporters on reporters on reporters. Um, Caitlin, because you mentioned it, can you tell me why that was such a nasty profile? It I know was it was quite controversial. for one
2: particular reason, which was that he and Jeremy Strong were friends And they had been friends at um, uh, the Williamstown. Is that what it's called, the theater, the one that's up at Williams College? Yeah. They had been friends there. They had, you know, so there was an intimacy. It was that idea of, you know, we've all learned that no matter how nice a reporter is, they're going to fuck you if you give them an interview that's too personal, you know. But you have your friend, your real friend, the friend who really knows you, who knew you when you were in your 20s. Of course. You don't worry about that person as being somebody you think, oh, that's the person I'll finally give the profile interview to. And it just, of course, made merciless sport of the fact that Jeremy Strong is apparently this, um, you know, method actor beyond method actors beyond method actors. Right. And um, right. his idea of himself and his idea of the role. And it was totally nasty and everybody like that he had ever worked with. I mean, mm-hmm. big players. Um, Aaron Sorkin wrote a defense. Everybody I remember Aaron Sorkin. Him.
0: Yeah, Sorkin writing in and saying, "Yeah, why? Why did this? Like, like I don't ugly. want to be a part it was of this." filthy, basically. and then
2: I didn't know that they'd gone for another bite to Showman. In other words, I didn't know the New Yorker was like, "Yeah, we like it. We liked that profile." You know, it's like, oh man. <sighs>
0: Have you have you have you met online um uh, journalism outfits they they do tend to uh any nasty I, bite of an apple I don't know take I did in my
2: naive um, way I thought the new yorker was above it and that secretly they were like oh that was a bit too far wasn't it you know
0: Well, I will say I liked this. This was really like an appreciation of the character of Kendall Roy. And uh, it's a shorter piece. It's a little bit of a, you know, an ode to him. And he describes him, like I said, as the Mm. fail son. Uh, That's one word. And he, you know, he compares him, you know, he says, we're sort of living in the era of fail son. And, and... Your references is mm-hmm. Hunter Biden and uh, Don <laughs> Trump Jr. <laughs> <union. pretty> <laughs> and <clears throat> it strikes me that one of the tragedies, maybe not tragedies, but but the complications of, a, of the American dream and American life is you get these stories of these astonishing people that come mm-hmm. up under hardship and the hardness makes them so that they can be extraordinary and light out into the world. And once they have accomplished that, mm-hmm. they have a softer... Landing for their children, who therefore never get, you know, by protecting your children, you spoil their ability to have that mm-hmm. excellence, and yet you protect them. Um, as As a mother, I, I wondered if you could talk a little bit about whatever we were <laughs> learning about parenting yeah. through this um, show.
2: It's funny, as you were describing the generations, my father used to say it takes three generations of middle-class life to make a Shakespeare scholar, because the first generation, like, they've opened up, like, the drugstore. <laughs> okay. Second generation, okay, we're out in Page. Things are looking pretty good, and we even have a college fund. It's only the third generation's like, well, I think I'll do the most usefulest thing in the entire world, because I've never known <laughs> want, it never occurred to me that this might be, like, a bad path. <laughs>
0: Hundred percent. So true in my life okay, too. Yeah. I'm a Shakespeare scholar for lack of a yeah. yeah. You can't do that. Yeah. They went to nursing school that so that might, I could study exactly. liberal arts.
2: Yeah, <laughs> liberal arts major. Um. So, but what we learned about parenting? Well, there's that dev. One of the devastating final moments of the siblings' time together when. They're talking about the inheritance mm. of the bloodline of the family and Roman yeah. terms and says, well, <sighs> she's the one who has the bloodline. Why? Just assaulting the, fa- the most. Uh, to say to anyone, let alone a sibling, oh, well, you're, uh, you're children who you got through dot who you, who joined you through adoption. They're not our bloodline. It's the worst thing. Yeah. You, could say to a, and, and he's the worst parent ever. He has no idea what parenting is. I mean, other than shoveling money the way of the mother, the mother seems perfectly good. Yeah. And then, but why do we think, do we ever meet Connor's mother in the show?
0: No, because she went to oh, right, right, the right, quote right, unquote right. loony bin.
1: Right. Yeah. She went to the madhouse, and apparently, I mean, I don't, they, if, they, if they explained that era, we only, we only hear often like, well, that wasn't like a very good era. I don't know if it's one of those stories where, or maybe you do know, Sarah, that like maybe Logan had her committed when she shouldn't have been. I don't know. Or maybe he drove her mad and they didn't really want to talk about that. Um,
0: I thought that and, was all left, in, mm-hmm, you know, opaque sort of, like, mm-hmm. to our interpretation. Exactly. Yeah. There's certainly yeah. a lot of women that, you know, you come up against Logan Roy, you might find yourself right. in the loony bin.
1: Oh, and, and maybe you didn't even just well, like definitely. get her out of the way.
0: Like we exactly. can, we can, we can pay to make this happen. it very easy I mean, because that, that I'm, did I happen. could imagine he's
1: and, someone that a
2: woman would just scream at in frustration. So he'd have a little checklist when the psychiatrist came over. Right. And there were all those places. Right. I wonder if they still exist. McLean's was one. I think that's the one that Sylvia Plath went to. And there was another one, Bloomingdale's. Just very super genteel. Like, you know, we're going to knock you out on... Is it what is it? Lithium is. Yep. that's not, not lithium. That's the batteries. What's the drug that? Uh, lithium.
1: No lithium. Okay. Lithium wasn't is a drug. You out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was or
0: is. Well, or lithium was a drug. is a lithium is an antipsychotic. It's a mm-hmm. with bipolar. medication. But it's, it's very. Medication. No matter who
1: takes it, isn't it but, very? You know,
2: flattening. It's flattening. Dulling. Dulling. It's <clears throat> yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah, yep. Yeah. In terms of parents and the whole like mm-hmm. three generations <clears throat> to be a Shakespeare scholar, which I love. You know, it's not that <laughs> it's not that these children's parents gave them anything easy except for just this giant, you know, yes. landing pad of cash. They well, certainly they certainly were not given any sort of uh I don't know, we don't see them when they're very young children except in the opening. Um they weren't given yeah. love and support. It was more like they were either ignored or whipped psychologically whipped i would say in a sense mm-hmm. so they would then it would be i can see why they'd be very confused i can see why they grew up the way they i can see how, why yeah. they turned out the way they did because instead of your parents supporting you you were constantly having to try to impress them nothing you could just do was didn't good care enough. nothing who just did not care nothing yeah or even noticed or even at the end at the the in the finale when the mother comes in and she's like oh, hey, that yes. cheese <laughs> don't eat that cheese I and mean, there's no right there's no food in the house you've got three you know adult children here and there's no food she gives them bread cans or whatever i mean there's no there's, there's no but nourishment but how bawling, like, for like oh, these that's children. my husband's Anywhere. very special
2: cheese don't touch it i always provide for him the exact thing that he wants that's right
1: always right
2: Right. Nothing. But there's no nourishment I mean, for, her, for the children. Hey, what about Ever. this scene? N- Nancy, ahead, you're bringing...
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Can I say, bef- before you get to another scene, I want to say one thing about what Nancy just said, because I think what you've just described is so interesting and important. We have so many conversations about mm-hmm. privilege, right? Like they're, they're Nepo babies and they're children of privilege. And I feel like what those conversations conversations often miss is that privilege can be a very complicated matrix, right? Like I feel very privileged because Mm -hmm. I had a mother and father that loved me and they were very supportive. That's, that's sort of like the riches that, that it's, to me, it's much, much better than the boatloads of cash, but we see it in such a narrow framework. You know, when you get to know the Roy's, the children, the Roy children, I'm much more of the opinion that they have yes. been tremendous, and that isn't that
2: what that opening sequence? Um, they always oh, added yes, a little bit yes. more, but you know, there's this faded out they grand did. mansion. I don't know where it's supposed to be, Great Neck or something. Um, old Great Neck. So maybe it's not Great Neck. Someplace, you know, palatial old twenties mansion, and they are at attention. They are dressed up. She's in her white lawn dress, and they're just looking nervously towards a father who could not even bring them into his, and he only kept them, obviously, versus sending them with the mother to hurt the mother.
0: Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and and I just, I've always thought that the privilege conversation was was too shallow by 10, you know, um, that we don't really talk about uh, what it costs to be raised by incredibly powerful people. Um, yeah. I, I was also, can I just say, um, slightly heartbroken by the story that Kendall told. I, I was really, I, I without knowing it, I became a Kendall girl. I didn't, <laughs> That's how I didn't it happens. When you least expect oh, it oh, at the very <laughs> end of the party, you're
2: sucked in. <laughs> <laughs> Next thing you know, it's kill a You it's won't take up your phone me. call.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You've been reading my diary. But, um... There was uh, I, I I this is again another story I haven't read yet but there was some some story that was like all the girls oh, right. that want to fix Kendall Roy and oh, I was yeah. like oh yeah that sounds like me right. this is this is definitely my type um but when he told the story about being 7 years old and being told mm-hmm. that he would inherit this company and then that it had been taken away and when I realized that the entire season all Four Seasons was, in fact, yes, just a repetition yes. of that cycle. And it was going in to happen the biggest happen way possible, again. the final it way. It was yes. going to happen the final way. It was going to happen again. And it was going to be in our last moments we see him yeah. in this devastation of realizing that he is, as he said, a cog in a machine that uh, fits no, no other I machine. I forgot
2: that line. Yes. Oh, <gasps> I did too. Ugh, Sarah. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and it just took yeah. the wind out of me i've yeah. always been a big fan of of I'm, I'm not a big fan of freud but i'm a big fan of mm-hmm. of the repetition compulsion theory you know the the idea that we're kind of pulled no, back into the past right. to try to heal it's it it's kind of like the repeat, eternal repeat, return trying to master in a sense the past of trying
2: to heal what you exactly not just re- yeah
0: but there yeah there's a Exactly. There's, there's an Mm -hmm. attempt to level up each time. But what happens often is that you don't heal. You actually just continue to slide back and it's a, it's Mm -hmm. an endless return. And I felt like he was so stuck in that infinite loop and I just, it hurt. Like I just, that was, for me, that was the devastation of the finale was the human soul cost, you know, um, of this, I I always felt like Kendall more than Roman, who was always a little bit, you know, def- so deflected in comedy mm-hmm. and and detached, and Shiv, who was just so such a sort of survivor and and manipulative, you know. But Kendall seemed yes, tortured, yes. Um, and it just felt like he was staring into the yeah. maw of the rest of his life. This sort of. It's never going to change. So anyway, I wanted to to make that point before we moved on from other things. Away, yeah, from yeah, that's so
2: true. And I, you know, I didn't. Of course, I've always had a soft spot for a Roman who hasn't. And when I and I mean the moment right, when yes, he exactly. breaks down in the in the church when he breaks down about his father and is just unable to say a word. That, I just think that was the most powerful scenes of anything anywhere because it took four years of building for the audience to know what how profound that was when i saw his smile i thought it was sort okay. of um how he's always been like um <laughs> what you know well that didn't work you know like the nihilism that you know i i yeah. didn't see his next step yes. as yes yes oh, i'm free i'm gonna open a yoga studio, you know, or I, I saw it more as, you know, mm-hmm. well, another thing that meant nothing, like everything in his life means nothing. And this was just another thing. I, I wasn't as anxious about the alcohol as if it as if Kendall had been taking a drug, some drugs, but I, um, that's right. I don't for
0: But watching him go into that park me made too. me very nervous. With I the mean, dealers oh, there, sure. and you know. Of course. They were, I, yeah, exactly. Like, the I was so glad yeah. to see Colin walking. Yes, him. what was like, Colin's was emotion like, in that scene? Oh, God, thank Do we God. know? I don't, you know, I sort of felt like Colin was this, you know, it's almost like when sheepdogs get taken out of the country and then they're <laughs> trying to herd furniture. Right. I didn't know you that. Know, yeah. Like, like Colin just this is yeah. who he is in his bones was the person mm-hmm. that was going to guide you know guard Logan Beautiful. and so being absent of Logan yes. it's like let me just guard anything you know like I will I will right. guard Kendall um but you know I thought oh my god is he going for drugs is he going to throw himself into the drink I know, I know. yeah 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 meaning I the water that, not no. not a, an alcohol did, did, um but oh my did, god yeah yeah. Either, either um, you want... To 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 the point of Roman, you know, Roman gets, I thought, one of the great lines of the finale, or at least it was it felt like one of the the kind of colloquial thesis statements mm-hmm. of the of the show when he looks at Roman and he's just like, I'm sorry, when he looks at Kendall and he's like, yes. we're bullshit. This is all bullshit. Yes. You know, you're it had serious. an echo of the the of Logan saying, you know, you're not serious. I think people. it
2: was a sign of the restraint. It's true. even though the show had all this over-the-top world, but the restraint of the writer that he didn't have some, like at one point I was like, oh my God, is is, is Roman going to go to the top of this building and throw himself off? Like nobody is committing suicide. Nobody's done the big thing. But that scene to me, the most gorgeous and terrifying scene in all sorts of ways was that night in Barbados, when Kendall swam out to the, the raft, and the scene is so it's shot in mm. this narcotic nighttime way. And the other two were, Why don't we just kill him? Yep. You know, and there really was yep. a moment where I was like, Wow, are they going to kill him? I knew that would be too, and in my good brain, I knew that that would be too cheap for the screenwriters, those writers to use as a finale, but it was just, the shot was incredible. It was the unstableness, the floating of the raft, the the night sky. It was a beautiful, terrifying scene. I thought.
1: Did either of you... It was so um,
0: interesting, too, um, when they get out to the raft and they tell him that they're going to, you know, make him, he's the guy. They're going to anoint him. And he sort of says, okay, yeah, thanks, you know. And they're like, can you smile? And he mm-hmm. gave the biggest smile that I think I ever yeah. saw Jeremy Strong give on the show. You know, he's got one of those smiles where like mm-hmm. his teeth are a little crooked and you can, it, it, I feel like even the Jer- Jeremy Strong, the person probably yes, worked on not yes. smiling too big because it, it you know, and, and, but he just, it was unselfconsciously smiling. You know, that that scene was such a, such a high wire mm, yes. act of tones because of what you're talking about. Uh the the, the menace, but then also the kind of light freedom that, right. that they that they were united. And that again. was the
2: same tone then in the kitchen um, scene where they're making that cauldron, you know, yes. where it's sort of like Yeah, <laughs> it was something like when you when there's a situation in which people are pretending to hate someone but they really hate someone like we're acting this way, but then it kind of gets yes. a little too out of control. I know the reality seems like, like yes. Oh yeah, that is how yes. this person feels and it's going too far.
0: Yes. I, I wanted to ask you guys about the character of Shiv, because I think she's an interesting, I think she's been an interesting challenge. Um, there have been some, some interesting takes on her from women uh especially on Twitter. Uh this was one that that got a lot of play last night and I'd like to share it with you guys and see what you Well think. you just got illuminated by so, your screen and uh, it made it seem at- like,
2: oh this is really going yeah. into the cauldron. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. Sorry, cut yeah. that out. I know people <laughs> on the video. Yeah, this is it. <laughs> Go <Yeah>. ahead.
0: <laughs> um so this is after the final moment where she's, you know, she's aligned with with Tom and somebody had written tragic moment for women who watched Shiv be a gladiator for four seasons only to end up this.
2: Nancy. Thoughts? It's,
1: it's Wait, Nancy's frozen. Nancy? It's productive. It's like, okay. Oh my
2: God. Oh, I yeah, was Nancy like, boy, she's frozen. really, I Nancy usually has so I much to Nancy, say about
0: things. <laughs> I thought Nancy was just very, <laughs> has she been gone this I whole thought time? she was just very contemplative and it turns Are out you? she's yes. been frozen this whole you time. Me? Can you? you know, she's, she's been so long, and I was like, um, "Wow, well,
2: Nancy really thinks I got something to say here because she's always got so much to say." <laughs> what should we do? How long has she been gone? Should you text her? Okay, okay,
0: yeah, I will text I'm her. I'm good. I'm good. But I'm in good. the I'm meantime, good. I, you know, one of the reasons that I think this is interesting is is the idea that you know because there was a, a female in a man's world. At a time when that is such a part of a kind of go go feminism, I think there was an, a desire to see Shiv as a protagonist no, that she never was. She was quite a was, show, at like least in my show. mind. She
2: wasn't a gladiator. She, um, she acted like a gladiator, but she didn't have the goods, you know? Yeah. But exactly. I think I agree with the person who wrote, the, but yeah. I agree with the spirit of the tweet. Because that's what I was heard sort of saying about her being like, just, oh, the last thing she would want to be is the corporate wife, you know, at home with the children running the, you know, benefits in New yeah. York and all that. So I guess I do. I, yeah, I have to say, yes, I agree with the tweet. <laughs> Whose tweet was it? <gasps> yeah.
0: Um you know I don't I didn't know the name of the of the woman uh that wrote it um I just saw a lot of people commenting on it and and you know I I think she is a gladiator in the sense that every one of those characters has been a gladiator I mean we have gotten to see uh people in the foxhole hold on just a second I'm afraid so so okay Nancy's afraid to log out because she doesn't oh, know if no, it'll mess Nancy, up the recording. Nancy, well, we, we need love her you, back. We miss so, you. yeah, yeah. Nancy is like we the sacrificial, sacrificial so tried- ship okay. of
2: this part of the podcast. <laughs> 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 I really was like, I keep glancing at her, and I was like, oh,
0: um,
2: "This is not the Nancy Rom that I know and love," you know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I know, I know. She she says I can see I just, and hear you guys. I will try. She's, oh, she's, she's in caught the sh- in the she's shadow in the underneath. <laughs> <laughs> she's, or she's, the in- <laughs> she's in between. This is underneath exactly. So if we get cut out, off, we'll just. Well, it is log actually eleven and, and eleven. So we might um, be the big roundup at this point, right? yeah exactly exactly um, but I would love for her we're to we're
2: like
1: the to, evil
2: to Hopefully, she, now, she come back am in. I back? Um,
1: she's back. Yeah, you're um, back I actually if I may I was wondering why Sarah wouldn't I kept like trying to say something and Sarah's like yeah so anyway I was like what the heck is going on here
2: Hi, everybody. and I kept okay, okay. to at you and we're it's back. like it's- you'd be sitting there and I was thinking like I don't think anything Sarah I said was that a direct transformation that Nancy's gobsmacked I
1: know so, guys, I really don't know if the other record. I really, oh, I don't. Mm, we may have problems here. Anyway, we'll just have to see.
2: Well, that would be very fitting as well. Uh-oh. All our efforts for naught.
1: Yeah. So we we just had this fabulous conversation, and I I don't know I don't know because it started a Maybe new recording just now, and I don't see the old one. That it so. was just.
2: Oh no! Now Uh-oh. Sarah's stuck. It was
0: just.
1: Oh no! There you oh, are. No. Okay. What? I am. There okay. you are. Oh okay. oh, okay. No, I think I
0: was actually just frozen. I think I was actually... Right.
1: You guys yeah. keep talking for a second.
0: Um, go, okay, go we'll talk, talk
2: as now. I get a paper towel for the coffee I okay. just spilled on the rug.
0: Carry on. <laughs> oh, yes, of course. Um, Caitlin, I wanted to talk to you about Ugh. the funeral scene, um, the, the funeral episode. Like you, I think it was the climax of the show. I think it was one of the most beautiful episodes Ugh. of television. Incredibly... Stir and and I I did not know they were going to beat the the episode right. where Logan died,
2: right? You know, yeah, it totally um, beat that episode in every respect. In every it, respect it really did. You didn't think for it the whole of the series, like Shiv, I'm on my hands and knees cleaning while I'm also trying to be on the podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was a series where you thought you were never going. These people were never ever going to have a moment of self knowledge. For four years, none of those three kids had a moment of self knowledge, and Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, it's you know, it's always some heightened moment, almost the worst place and worst time that you have kind of a moment of self knowledge. But it was, and for Shiv, no one. This is she's finally started telling people she's pregnant. No one in her family gives a shit that you. You know, when you tell someone you're pregnant, it's like such exciting news. The mother's like, "Oh, I see." And she'd even said, you know, she had said, "Always oh, trying to be tough before the funeral." She's like, "Well, just to let you know, this is what I'm going to tell mom." You know, sort of expecting a big or dramatic yeah. or some kind of a response, and there's no response.
1: And of course, Tom's response is, "Is it mine?" You know, beat, and then it's like, "Is or not?" It was just like, "Is this another?" Is this just like another Which was thing? That you're is doing? So like brutal another. by her
2: and by some watchers, but I'm like, shift's capable of anything.
1: Uh, exactly. Exactly. I had a question. The thing I was going to ask you guys it's when so I was cut off back. on these recording the recording that we yes. now lost, I think. Um uh was do you think that Kendall at all even if it was sub Rosa had some awareness is that if he could take over the company, then he could be good to his siblings in a way that their father never was. If he was then the new Logan Roy, he could actually like show some, a different kind of uh, care for his siblings.
0: I did believe that. I did think he thought that, whether that was true or not. Another delusion
2: of his, but at least one that was
1: mm high-minded compared to the others. I mean, which doesn't really make sense because he doesn't really pay that much attention to his own children, and he certainly doesn't take very good care of himself, and he doesn't really make very good decisions. But there was just a bit at the end there, especially like that sweetness. I mean, really... The the only sweet scene we've seen with these three siblings was in the mm-hmm. kitchen last you know last night. Yeah. I mean they were just like but were just even goofballs. still they were like they were, when an they were edge. teenagers. There
2: was an edge to yeah. it for the other yeah. two. They nothing's were, ever just we celebrate your
1: achievement. But they were actually really right. smiling. Yes, that's true. Like you didn't you just really don't see that otherwise where it's not with some other right. objective. So.
0: Yeah, but to your point, Nancy. There, the moment um, before the big conference where <clears throat> Kendall is in there with Roman, and Roman doesn't want to yep. go in. Roman's starting to say like, "Oh, I don't yep. want." Like he doesn't want to see Jerry. He's you know, I, and Kendall yes. takes him in that, that hug. Hug uh, was such oh, that weird an one interesting moment because letting-
1: on the eye, oh. on his eye, on the on the wound, he's trying to open the wound.
2: He's deliberately opening that wound. But I think he's going in and out. That was a great moment. I forgot all about that. Where you're watching it and you're like, oh, ew. Like, what is he trying to do? Crush and destroy. And I didn't notice that literally trying to open that wound. But at the same time.
0: I think. So I had a couple different interpretations because I also thought that Roman's falling apart was because Roman has such a hard right. time accepting love. You know, Roman is somebody that has thrown him in in himself into danger and and punishment. I mean, we saw that at the end of the funeral episode where he literally walks into <clears throat> a street, you know, uprising oh, and gets caught. That clobbered. wasn't that a great um, scene. You know, so it wasn't clear Un- unreal. I mean, but that was and that was the literalization of this of his own yes. repetition compulsion. You know, where he is going to repeat the abuse of his childhood over yes, and over. Yes, it and was over like
2: again. the last night in um, Versailles so of you know Marie Antoinette and Louis. the, who is he? Fourteenth, sixteenth. Yeah. It was just the ravelry have taken over the power. You know, I was a great scene too. Sorry, I thought he was going to die that night. Yeah,
0: and and. I thought it was possible he was going to die, but I thought they played it right. I mean, you know, just to get the shit kicked out of him. Um, And but but in that scene, yeah, I don't exactly know what all was being telegraphed because I went back and forth. Like I thought it was at first I thought, oh, my gosh, this is this is Kendall Mm. playing the father. This is him stepping into the role because it's very reminiscent of the bear hug that his dad gave him at the end of season one. after Kendall has, has accidentally killed someone, he has come to his father on his knees and, and his father gives him a giant hug and says, Mm -hmm. you're my number one boy.
1: But I think the hug is twofold. I think it's, I think think it's, I am here to comfort you and imagine myself to be the patriarch, but I'm also going to, not really cut you off at the knees, but I'm going to physically hurt you right now. I'm going to open up this blood so you're vulnerable. And it's also another indication of what we started talking about, how they're really children in some ways. Like they mm-hmm. physically, instead of like mentally, they don't they don't have the proper mental gymnastics to be able to uh, conquer someone, but they can physically do it. So he's going to open a wound. He's going to put him in a headlock. They're going to tussle on the floor. while it, during the biggest deal... Of the year in America, mm-hmm. they're going to actually physically get on the floor and start beating <laughs> each other because they haven't really, they haven't really gained the maturity no. in some ways. And th- th- they're to that they're in wall turn. and everybody's looking at like, like, Exactly.
2: Everybody's watching. Oh God.
0: It's like, candle, I don't think then,
2: this, this is going to go well for you. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And it's sort of like an emotional retardation. Mm-hmm. They just were not allowed to bloom, Oh no! but they had to grow up mm-hmm. and they had to be in public and they had to pr- maybe do all these imaginary or these possibly great things, but they just yeah. can't. And Shiv is right then. Shiv is right to say, no, mm-hmm. you can't yeah. do this.
2: Yeah. That's great I, I when she I, moment, I don't think um, you can. It, that was a great line because we're all thinking the same thing. You can't run anything. <laughs> You can't do this.
0: I, I, that was the first moment that I sort of felt out of sync with what the show was doing. I, I was like, this was too abrupt. I didn't know, like, why? why? We needed, we were missing a scene or something like that. Um, so it, I, it, it, it came around the idea of, oh, I mean, because personally, I don't think she said no because she thought he couldn't run it. I think she said no out of a self-interest because she wanted to be aligned with who was going to be running it, I think she couldn't bear mm-hmm. watching him win. Oh, <clears throat> you know, uh, the idea that Tom can run <laughs> no, it any better insane. than Kendall, yeah, I, right. I just don't believe.
2: Well, I have to know <clears throat> oh,
0: half You know, so podcast
2: because I have to. Okay, okay. And I want to just say the one thing I want to say is I don't know why I pronounced the name Marie Antoinette as though I was on PBS. Introducing Masterpiece Theater. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> sometimes very fancy people will break Many in with people. like, you're like, oh, that's the way you're supposed to say that. I don't even know if that was the way I was supposed to say that. So please, everyone, if this podcast does exist and does enter the airwaves, we I will apologize for Marie Antoinette.
0: <laughs> Marie Antoinette. Marie so Molly, this was too much I fun. I was very, I was as excited because I think you defaulted to your original state because you were like actually like um, <laughs> cleaning up and you weren't sort of you know you, it was just sort of like off the top of your head you went into this
2: well it was PBS sort of like
0: a J masterpiece hair. theater thing small
1: and plain but damn it I have an education. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well we're going to actually uh, stay with us All a right. second, Caitlin. I'm going to I'm going to okay. pop this off and. uh, Sarah, I'll see you in a few minutes. Okay, hold on.